people, welcome to a NXT Deadline 2023 edition of the Hollywood Heels podcast. It is the rock star, the renaissance man, the Duke Russo, joined by the divine voice himself, Henron. How'd you feel about this PLE, man? You know, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as Booker T enjoyed it. I don't think it was a bad show. It was really weird, but that uh, Iron Survivor men's match was amazing. So the show was great, in my opinion. Yeah, dude, Book was on one tonight, man. I don't, I don't know. I, he's always on one, but he was like extra on one. I'm pretty sure at one point we went to commercial break, and and like as commercial break, he's saying, "Yeah, man." Iron Survivor shit, and then it just cut to commercial. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happened. <laughs> like, he, he has a catch himself. Add it, add it to the list, man. Add it to the list. At one point, he was talking to Vic Joseph, and he called him Vicar. He's like, "Yeah, Vicar," and I was like, eh, "You don't, maybe don't." <laughs> oh, book man. Uh, sometimes I wonder, like, how long. How how long can we go through this? You know, how many close calls? How many not even close calls? Just blatant slips are we gonna get out of this man? It's just it's okay. It's all good, man. Good old book. They're used to him having a little slip up here and there. You know, at least they know what to expect because he's been doing it for like twenty years now. <laughs> yeah, but all right. So to start off this show. The pre-show, we had Nathan Frazier versus Axiom, which, all said and done, ended up being one of the better matches of the night, man. Yeah, like, I was excited that this happened. Um, I enjoy watching these two individuals wrestle because they go, right? Especially Axiom. Nathan Frazier, I guess they're trying to push, like, oh, he's really fast. He's, he's entertaining to watch as well. But this was surprisingly good. We got to see a nice uh, octopus stretch, which you don't get to see often. I love to see uh, a good octopus stretch, 007 reference. I'm not going to say the name of the movie, but if you know what I'm talking about, that's that's all I could think of. I, I was disappointed when he threw him, he crotched him on the ropes, and then he just forearmed him off the rope. Okay, I thought he was going to do something extra from there. But yeah, man, these these guys taking risks. That springboard moonsault to the outside was disgusting. Oh, man, this was fun all around. Yeah, yeah, I loved uh, Fraser like super kicked the soul out of Axiom one point, and Axiom just ate it and crumpled it in the middle of the ring perfectly. That was beautiful. Um, like I said, I wasn't expecting this to be like, oh, man. This this is going to be one of the best matches of the show. But then when we got to the end of the show, I was like, oh, man, that was one of the best matches of the show. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I think we need to see. So the match ended with uh, Axiom hitting his uh, golden ratio after hitting a top rope Spanish fly for the one, two, three. I think we need to see a change from Nathan Frazier. I don't know if some of that Dragonov stuff. I feel like, are we getting a Nathan Frazier heel turn soon? That would be cool. I would be into that. Um, I also feel like we're we're getting to this men's breakout thing at a good time because I I feel like we're we're getting to the point where we're really leaning on certain guys in NXT 
to the point that those guys, to it no fault of their own, are getting stale because like I I feel like booking wise, they just keep going back to certain guys to like save a situation. And actually, you know, I, I do kind of feel like Nathan Frazier is kind of starting to fall into that a little bit of like, oh shit, we don't know what to do with X now. So let's okay, we got Nathan Frazier. Let's do something. It's gonna be good. It's good you know what I mean? And I just I I would love a heel turn to spice that up a little bit too. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He's your mid tier face. You know, we can build him up a little bit in a nice little feud just so that he can lose for somebody else to eventually move on to the championship picture. He's he's kind of perennially gonna be that guy. And um, they got to do something else with him, right? Yeah, and you know, uh, there's there's been talks about some guys making their way to the main roster. Tyler Bate, one in particular, and you know, the news comes that you know we all know Vince has never really like been all about the the cruiserweight guys. He's always about the the meaty men, you know. Um, the big boys, the the six five, six six, Undertaker who lies about his height and isn't six ten. Um, you know that that's that's Vince's thing, right? But Triple H is a little more open, and and Tyler Bate may be heading to the main roster. And you know, I'm kind of hoping that Nathan Frazier kind of falls in that category too, of maybe some opportunities lined up for somebody who's not a giant. Yeah, I just I have to see what they can do with him, like. I don't hard hitting truths like his little talking segment. It, it didn't catch me. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't hook me. It didn't make me a giant fan. I'm not against the guy. I prefer his in ring work over anything that he's doing backstage. But it's like I just see him like as, you know, the the pin guy in the tag team, unfortunately. Fair, fair. Um, but we do always need those. And then look at look at tr- the transformation of Xavier Woods as a perfect example. You can be the pin guy for like ten years, and then and then you're not anymore. Jesus Christ! If that's what we're doing to the guy, I'd retire now, man. That's just me. <laughs> hey, if you wanna if you wanna pay me that kind of money to to be the pin guy, and you know uh, Xavier Woods got a little bit of exposure uh, through some other means. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so we actually opened the show. With Shawn Michaels welcoming us all. But wait, there's more. (laughs) And CM Punk ends up in a ring with Shawn Michaels, apparently like 10 years to the month of the last time that he was in the ring with Shawn Michaels. Um, and, And he's in NXT. It was kind of weird. He didn't say much, you know. Uh, he he interrupts Shawn Michaels and he's like, "Oh, excuse me, sorry. Is this is this when you say suck it now, or like, do you not do that anymore? Like, how's this work?" Um, he's rocking a uh, a Bret Hart hoodie, and Shawn Michaels is like, "Really, man?" And Punk's saying, "You know, hey, hey, you know, it's all about mending fences and healing, man. Like me and Triple H did it, so you know." And then he goes on the whole like tease. Do you want me in Raw? Do you want me in SmackDown? Or do you want me in NXT? 
NXT, NXT. And then he says he like says half of a sentence. I don't even remember what it was. And then and then he hugs Shawn Michaels, and that's the awkward end of that. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, come on. This is just a publicity grab. We know he's not signing to NXT. Let's be real. Y'all are lucky he even showed up on like, you know how much like they had to probably fucking throw money at this guy's face to show up on this show. Come on now. Like, let's be real. And I did like his jacket, though. It, I, I love like a nice pink hoodie. That shit was kind of fresh. I can't lie. Um, but, you know, that was about it. Yeah, it was it was a cheap pop, cheap, cheap money grab. Although, you know, we'll we'll do our SmackDown um episode tomorrow, but I uh I felt like this was the first proper crowd for CM Punk. You know, uh, Chicago aside because it's Chicago. He came back at Nashville. And Nashville was just kind of lame all the way around and like it, it and then it was the whole situation where his promo got cut short so he you know obviously as we find out in Smackdown wasn't thrilled about that and then the Smackdown one you know it it's a tribute to the troop sh- show you know so like it's a it was a great Smackdown and a great show but Sometimes at those shows, not everybody there is like a big WWE lifer fan or, or really knows the history behind there. You know, sometimes more casual fans or whatnot. And I'm not ripping the audience by any means, but like there were just some of the things that he said that I felt like if it was a normal WWE crowd would have went over way better. And then, but this this crowd, like this is the response I would expect to CM Punk from a WWE crowd. And it, that was good to see at least. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were hyped for him, you know? So at least, you know, some people got to see, I think they were probably doing the tour of CM Punk, you know what I'm saying? So we'll probably see a lot of his face, give, give everybody what they want to see. Interested to see where they go with him. But of course that's a conversation for a different show. Yep. Yep. I have plenty more to say about that when we get to SmackDown, but Now we get to a championship match. A championship match in which I don't think we fully knew what the outcome was going to be. I I think a lot of us were expecting Wes Lee to beat Dom and and get the North American title back. But then we had that whole injury situation. So now we got Dragon Lee out there. And before we get to the match, you know... I was really conflicted because, like, I wanted Dragon Lee to win because he's Dragon Lee and because it's Dom Mysterio, but I also didn't want him to win because we just got this dude up to the main roster. So I was, like, super conflicted. And, uh, Dom loses. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, same as you, you know, I figured this was Wesley's time, you know. Hope the guy gets better after, you know, everything that's going on with him. But it was kind of a probably like a coin toss because it's like, yeah, you substitute this guy in and you either just continue with the plans and taking the belt off Dom. They probably had some type of story, some type of judgment line stuff going into it because we saw no judgment day. We saw no mommy. Yeah, I, I don't like why not? You know what I'm saying? That that didn't really make too much sense to me unless I missed something previously, but that didn't really make much sense to me. I figured, I guess they could give it to Dragon Lee. Yeah, they did just move him up, but I'm like, we see Dom on the main roster more than we see him on NXT with that belt. 
And this will give an opportunity to have Dragon Lee put on some banger ass matches. Hopefully, continuing on SmackDown, maybe we can see Santos. I'd like to see this kind of bring Santos back into the NXT scene so he can recruit uh, Umberto and Angel Garza and start, you know, Phantom Squad once again. That would be nice. If that's but, how we get to this, then okay, I'm 100% on board. Yeah, and like I don't think that that's like where they were going with it, but now is an opportunity to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like now you have it, they can team up and do whatever the hell they want to do with what they're going from there now. But I mean, it it was just this wasn't a terrible match. I I don't think it was better than the previous Axiom match, to be honest with you, but it wasn't terrible. We had worse matches on the card, but he wins, or what's his name? Dragon Lee wins with the, what's it, what do they call it now? The Operation Dragon? A clean pin. Destino. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, Destino. It sounds so much better, right? But yeah, clean in the in the middle, just just like that. Yeah, and you know what the disappointment of this whole match was for me? How fucking bad is Rey Mysterio on commentary? He kept getting cut off, and then he would say like basic things, but I almost forgot he was on commentary, and then the only reason I can remember him being on commentary because I was thinking about uh, they'd had a backstage segment when they were putting the new side plates, uh, side plate check, right, on the... Um, on the belt for Dragon Lee, and then they gave the belt to Ray first. And I'm like, oh, you don't do that because you saw what happened to Santos. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I forgot he was on commentary until like the Booker kept talking about him like he wasn't there. And and uh uh oh my god, what's what's the other dude's name? Uh Vic Joseph was like Dude, he's right here. You you don't have to keep saying Rey Mysterio. You can talk to him directly. And I was like, oh yeah, he is there. Yeah. He was like Booker again was on when he kept talking about like like he wasn't there. Like he didn't want to acknowledge him. But he um <laughs> man, and he, he was like simultaneously hyping up Dom, but still trying to put Ray down at the same time. He had he had one line. When he like Vic Joseph was like, oh yeah, you know that's that's genetics. You know what I'm saying? He he gets that from his dad or something like that. And then Booker T's like, oh no, man, he 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 learned that growing up. You know, he, he like something like that. And then Vic oh, Joseph, no, like, no, no, I remember what that was. All right, it so go? it was uh, Dom grabbed the ropes to break up a pin, and Booker's like, oh, that's that's ring awareness right there. He's like, it, he wasn't taught that by Ray. And, and uh, Vic Joseph's like, no, no, that's that's genetic. Uh, uh, he Booker was the one that said it's genetics, and Vic Joseph was like, you do realize genetics comes from his dad, right? And he's like, oh, okay, you got me there. <laughs> yeah, he he was like, you know, that's how that works, right, Book? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was one of the that that was a good moment. But yeah, dude, it it the match was just mad at me. Um, I don't know. If this is how we get Lotharios on the main roster and backing up Escobar, though, like, it was 1 million percent worth it. And, like, yeah, it's still cool for Dragon Lee to get a belt. I don't want to downplay that at all. I just don't want it to, like, have to make him split time after we just got him to the main roster. Yeah, but... we, we And we gotta get... 
like some type of change through the fire and the flame. I don't know what his music is, dude. We need something, right? This maybe this belt gives this guy something more, maybe more matches. Maybe we can get a better name for his finisher. I don't know, but I'm catching my notes right here. The, the two or one other line that book said in regards to Dom or two here, he says, he's like the wind. You can feel it. Or he's like, you can't touch it, but you can feel it. And you just know he's there. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he said, I wish, I wish Ray stayed in the back. Nothing against you, Ray. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man. Booker T. Like, the crazy thing is, is I've heard and seen mad hate on Booker's commentary. And I'm like... What? Like, even when it's bad, it's good. It's so bad that it's good. Yeah, like, I, he can do no wrong. Like, he's literally great. Like, the tone of his voice, just the random shit that he says. He got that dog in him. When he was talking about um, uh, Braun Breaker, every time, it was, no bread, no water, just meat. Oh, I fucking love that dude, man. And it, you know what's awesome too is like he was one of my favorite wrestlers as a kid as well. So like, it's always amazing when there's that carryover. For sure, for sure. I gotta go watch some old Booker T stuff, man. That dude always put a smile on my face. I was a WCW kid, man, and I'm telling you, back in his WCW days, it was a banger. But right, yeah, so. we. Uh, let's let's i just i I don't want to do this match but we got to do this match dude why the women's iron survivor so i mean we had tiffany stratton blair davenport lash legend fallon henley kalani jordan um blair davenport ends up winning it was the sloppiest fucking thing i've ever seen dude so i can't even lie i was tipping during this match and I don't know what happened. I blacked out and I came back and then like, th- like, I think, I don't know if it was, uh, Fallon Henley or, or Tiffany's one or the other, they had like an extra, extra fall. I think it was Fallon Henley. And I was like, I don't even know how that happened. Right. Um, I kind of, so I, I'm going to speak on these matches in general. I kind of like them. I kind of don't. I feel they start off way too slow but then the ending is like fucking peak so i guess you know what i'm saying you get that build up to it but unless unless you have like fucking braun breaker and Ilya dragunov and fucking carmelo hayes as like your first two people it's gonna be mid as fuck and like that's kind of what this was how many pin attempts did we have in the beginning who was it fallon henley and blair davenport they tried to pin each other so long like they were both like gassed straight up from trying to pin each other not as gassed as the ref dude poor ref man get his cardio and they were calling him out on commentary too (laughs) yeah this was uh, lash lash legend to me was the sloppiest person there. They were all sloppy, but like she whiffed on chops. There were chops where she didn't even make contact on people. That whole like, you know, quote unquote dribbling the heads between the ropes was fucking dumb. Like 
it, it was she was super sloppy um they were all really sloppy the only one that like i came out of this thinking slightly more of them going than going into it was actually kalani jordan to be honest with you and honestly yeah like everything that she was a part of she hit her stuff she took everything well she you know didn't look like she was confused or anything in in some spots and I I I I had Lash Legend to win this match because they've been weirdly pushing her for the past like three or four weeks, and we yeah, need please another. Don't. Please don't. We just needed another, you know, quote unquote main event heel that hasn't already fought Lyra Valkyria, right? I guess, I guess Blair really hasn't, right? Because wasn't she dealing with uh, Gigi Dolan, who's just MIA yeah. all of a sudden now? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess it makes sense for her to win, right? Um, but it was still a close close match between the two. Lash almost won, right? So they're still kind of keeping her strong. And she's a big girl. I guess she's technically the, the biggest on the NXT women's roster currently. So they're trying to have her be the big woman. I like the attempted creativity of that rope dribble spot. It was really, really bad. Like they could have done something to make it better. But I, you know, she was just trying to be the big woman. I think the worst, the worst part of it was when Tiffany and Fallon Henley were locked inside the penalty cage or whatever together, and then they're trying to climb out, and like Tiffany cli- climbs up, and then she can't, and then Fallon climbs up, and then they just stop and they they're just talking to each other, and they're like, "Okay, you ready to go? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? Okay, okay, push me." And then she pushes her, and I was like, "What in the fuck was that?" And then you know, Tiffany hits the big swanton afterwards, which was nice, but it's like you can't just sit there and talk. Like, what the hell was that? Yeah, and not only that, but I think I when I saw that, my gut was. Fallon landing on the table wasn't supposed to break the table. I think Fallon was supposed to end up on the table and then Tiff do the swanton onto her onto the table and then break the table. But the table broke when Fallon fell on it, so it was like, well, fucking, there goes that. So, but uh, uh, let's let's go back to why they even had to climb out in the first place. That's one thing that pisses me off about these matches because it happened in both of them. Like, interference is not fucking dealt with. And it's just like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to do it. We had Noam Dar, Ora Mensa, and Jakara Jackson show up and, like, block the door from letting them out. And I was like, this is fucking dumb. And it's like all you have out there is is one ref that's half the size of Oromensa. Yeah. Like he ain't gonna do fucking shit, dude. Like I I that pissed me off. I I hate like interference in a way that just like doesn't make sense to everything that's going on. And this didn't make sense. This just seems stupid to me. Yeah. Um I I wanna say like they they have like a penalty system. So like if you hit somebody with a steel chair, like you that person gets a point. So like these women should have been a, awarded a point. Like I I like I thought that was part of the fucking convoluted six paragraphs of rules that they put on before the match that they expect people to read in their Times New Roman eleven point font. I can't read that shit, bro. I'm not trying. To, who's sitting through that? It's like. That that was weird. Interference is stupid. We and like you mentioned, we got it in both matches, and it was actually like 
I feel like in this match, it didn't have as much of a key factor. But in the last match, it definitely like was pretty much the re- almost the reason the way things ended that way. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, I mean, there were some fun spots here. Um, that 450 by Kalani Jordan was nice. She almost died when Blair Davenport, Blair Davenport hit that spider German. And like she didn't even like come off. She barely came off the ropes on that thing. And if she didn't do like one more centimeter of rotation, she would have broke her fucking neck. That was so scary, man. Did you catch that part? It, there were. So I, I try not to take notes in the PLEs because I want to enjoy them. And I'm glad I didn't because during this one, I would have literally just written like there would have been nothing positive. It would have just been nitpicky ass bullshit. So like I remember 30 of those moments happening in this oh. match. And and I just thankfully don't have as many specifics as I normally would have. Like that one, I audibly screamed. I was like, oh, because I thought she was about to end her career. Um, man, but yeah, you know, Blair Davenport wins and she barely won. Last Legend had 10 seconds at the end of the match to get back in and pin somebody. I guess she couldn't find anybody and was only able to chase Blair, but I'm pretty sure there was at least two other legal people that she could have pinned, but she lost. So there it is, I guess. And then what happened after that? She calls out Lyra and then Cora Jade comes out and pops Lyra in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we were all expecting that. We There have been reports on it, but, you know, the... Uh... The CM Punk worshiper that she is, you know, now that now that CM Punk's back, I guess uh, it's safe for her to come back too. Um, so you were saying, you know, you needed a heel to beef with Lyra. Well, I guess we're gonna get Blair and Cora. Yeah, which I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly what's gonna happen here either. You know what I'm saying? I feel like. Um, they keep bringing, like, honestly, when she came back, I, I guess she changed her hair a little bit. I didn't recognize her. I was like, who, who? like, she looked different. Yeah, right? I was the like, hair threw me off, too. I was like, who is this, right? She looked taller. Like, I, I'm used to her being, like, really short, like Roxanne. That's how I, you know, picture her, right? And I'm like, when she she came out, and I was like, she don't seem that short. I was like, who is this chick, <laughs> you know? Well, what's what's weird is, like, even though they're two different companies, I would always confuse her and Sky Blue because they always had that same like skater girl, like backwards trucker hat vibe thing. Yeah. And then like they both go through the same basic like kind of change at the same time where they like still kind of actually look like each other again now. And I'm like, why, like, why, why do you have to keep making this confusing for me? Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if I can say this on air, but I, I do think there's probably one distinct difference between the two. But you know, we'll we'll jump on to the next topic here. <laughs> so there is actually one botch spot in in um that match that I do want to bring up because it it's a botch spot that I feel like we've been seeing a lot lately, and it led to you know pro- probably partially led to an injury that we had at SmackDown. So Kalani Jordan 
went to hit a moonsault off of, I don't actually think she went off the top turnbuckle. I want to say she went off of like the second rope outside the ring. And I, I don't even remember who it was towards. It might've been Lash Legend. And she completely overshot it and like landed on her feet and then fell backwards into the announce table and it had to have fucking hurt. Uh, yes. I'm it it after watching SmackDown last night, it was the exact same fucking thing that Charlotte did and she completely missed Asuka. And I, I realized that probably the commercial spot is where Charlotte really got hurt, but like she was limping before that. So I think like she totally tweaked her knee on that moonsault. And for a while now, like these big moonsault spots going from like top turnbuckle to outside the ring, they haven't been going well for a while for a lot of people. And I'm just like, I'm kind of almost tired of seeing them because I just, I don't want to see people like just blow knees out left and right. Yeah, like. I don't like, okay, they, they look nice, you know what I'm saying, when you do them, but you can really only do them to that entrance ramp area. That's the only place that you have enough room and space to hit that shit. Like Kalani, she just doesn't have, you know, enough reps and experience hitting it out there and realizing how close she was to that announce table. Cause again, a few centimeters off and like you're fucked, man. And like that, that was really bad. I'm glad. I mean, we don't, I guess we don't know, right? Because we, we just fucking ended the show. But I, I hope nobody was seriously injured on this uh, PLE. I uh, thankfully don't think anybody was. But then again, I didn't think anybody got injured in that, you know, the, the North American fatal four way. And then we end up with Wesley where he's at. Again, don't know if that happened in the match or not. But sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes you know right away, like Shane O'Mac. <laughs> and sometimes you don't. <laughs> Um. Oh. All right. Next up is another fucking stupid match that really, I, both of us were really angry about Carmelo Hayes versus Lexus King, and I I kind of want to just keep calling him Brian Pillman, just just out of disrespect. I mean, is it even disrespect because this Lexus King is so bad of calling him, you know, calling him his father and his legacy? I might even actually be giving him more props than he needs. I don't even know. Maybe but, I'm just thinking it's it's not what he doesn't want to be called. So yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely agree with you there. But what the hell? What the hell? What the hell is really what what I can say here? I feel like the NXT story team. They must have taken an early fucking vacation, bro. Cause the whole fucking uh chase you shit, Garbo. This fucking Lexus, everything involving Lexus King. He's a new guy. He should win. He's gonna get a big win over Mello on a PLE. Like, as much as we don't like him, that's exactly how you promote new talent and make us care about him. Now you're telling us. We don't care. And now you're also telling us that he didn't actually attack Trick. And then he was just excited. I'm just excited to be here, guys. Fuck you. Fuck that. What yeah, the hell? Thanks for that PLE rub, bro. What the hell? And what do you mean PLE rub? Like, doesn't does a normal person even grasp that? Like, 
why would you talk like that? Why would you say that? What relevancy? What? This is fucking awful. This is just the, the match wasn't even good. Like fucking Lexus King looked like he was trying to keep up with Carmelo Hayes and, and Melo was like, oh, like just putting himself in the right position to keep things making sense. And then Lexus King, you know, he's not dumb. So he's like, oh, okay, let me kick him into the stairs now since he's leaning against the stairs. But like, that's probably not what was originally supposed to happen. I think if it was anybody but Melo, this would have been so much worse. Yeah. And I just like, if I was Carmelo Hayes, I would feel robbed. I would be like, this is, first off, you give me a PLE match and this is who it is. And second off, like, you did all of this to me just to get a PLE match. Like you, like I would, I, I would have snapped and just broken the dude in the ring right then and there. Yeah, I don't, I just don't know. Why are we, why did y'all do this to us? Why was this on my show? We, we didn't have a tag team title match and you gave us this. Yeah, a tag. T- it would have been so much better than this, and you know this. This didn't even really move any story because it turns out he didn't attack Trick, you know. And then may- maybe it has been mellow all along. I don't fucking know. But like, God, I didn't need this. It wasn't good. Lexus King isn't good. Mellow don't miss. That's about all I got. <laughs> yeah, when I saw him going up top for the leg drop, I'm like, he's. He's going to hit that. <laughs> and then he wins. And I was like, what? I'm done. <laughs> it was a relatively short match, but like, I'm, I'm glad it was. It probably could have been shorter. It could have actually not happened, and that would have been fantastic. Um, although, uh, I think Alexis King did hit a jackhammer at some point in it. Yep. Um, so every now and then popping those out again, I was a big WCW kid. So obviously a big Goldberg kid. And, uh, so every now and then when I see those, I'm like, Oh, the good old days. And it wasn't even a good jackhammer. Like he, he got like, he barely got the rotation at the end. Like it was basically a suplex. Right. But whatever, man, like let's fucking move on. Yeah. Agreed. Um, we had some brief little uh, backstage interview with Cora Jade, um, and apparently she's going to uh, let the entire super deep women's division in NXT. And I was like, "Well, I guess super deep in terms of body count, but if you want to turn, you know, deep in terms of talent, eh, not so much." <laughs> um, Dude, who was that? Who's the girl she was talking to? Because I was just talking about how I thought Cora Ellie, Jade was short. Ellie. How short is that girl? She like was she had like a foot and a half on her. Yeah, I I'm thinking maybe Cora J just isn't as short as as we thought because they posted a a picture backstage of Cora Jade and CM Punk. Um, let me let me pull it up to re- see how like close she is to CM Punk. Where is it? I. I I do know that she was closer than I expected. Yeah, I just I just Googled it and it says she's five six. That's like average American woman height and Roxanne Prez is five one. So I'm like I 
I guess she's just not that short, dude. I I guess I just haven't been. Paying, I, I mean, I don't think I've seen her. Like she's been MIA for a while, and even when she was around, she was kind of not really wrestling. So, yeah, standing standing next to CM Punk, the top of her head comes like in line with his nose. So, yeah, I guess she's not that short. Uh, all right. So next, we had easily match of the night. I was so entertained in this match, and I was sweating it. So, like we, you know, we were talking predictions ahead of time and I like last week I predicted trick winning I don't know why when we were first texting back and forth about it I said die jack but like I I corrected myself before the match and I said trick and I was sweating it because trick spent so much time in that penalty box man and you know he's in there and I'm like oh shit he's still got zero pins oh shit he's still got zero pins he goes in there I want to say like somewhere around the 15 you know 18 minute mark so you go in for a minute and a half and I'm like shit he's still got zero pins and trick Willie wins man this was like this is how you do it now at the at the beginning it still wasn't the best right like we and we got to see a lot more out of briggs than i've ever seen before right so i was like okay like briggs can can kind of go we had him in in dijak uh kind of showing off a little bit and it's dijak the guy's extremely athletic for a man of his size so we know what we're getting right that that shit was fire right there but i'm gonna jump right into what i fucking loved number one braun fucking breaker he came in and he fucking broke these kids just like booker t said no bread no water just meat he just comes in (laughs) fucking spears briggs one two three comes in spears bait one two three Fucking die Jackson to jump off the rope. Spear midair. One, two, three. He's got fucking three points. He's barely been in the match. Like 30 seconds. Absolutely wild. And literally, as I'm typing um, in my notes, I'm like, wow, Trick literally has like it was like three, three, three. Briggs had like everybody had three. Briggs had two. Trick had nothing. And I'm like, LOL, really? Like they just have Trick with nothing. And like you said, it's damn near 20 minutes into the match. I'm like, wow, they really just going to do the man like that. And then, oh, yeah, I like it. And he just came out of nowhere and just started fucking taking everybody out to catch back, um, tie up for the three. Whoop that trick. Easily the most over person. Aside from CM Punk, on the entire fucking show, I I I think he might have had a bigger pop than Buyaka Buyaka. Like, man, it was crazy. And then, of course, just just the final ending. He's there, he's hype, and we see Braun Breaker lining, charging him up to get that final spear so he can put him in. And he hits the fucking big knee on Braun Breaker for the final one, two, three. Was mistimed a little bit because there was seven seconds or so left in the match. Right, nobody else could have you know, really done it because a bunch of people were in the penalty box because Trick put him there. But yeah, man, like, holy fuck. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it. Biggest pop, super hype, loved it. Honestly, he needs to win this belt off of Dragunov, but I think that Melo's going to cost him the belt. I, I agree with that take. Um, but I actually think that Trick Williams might be the most over person in NXT Period. Yeah. 
Like it, it is undeniable. And you know what? The guys like in ring work has really, really like elevated lately. Um, especially like from where he was when he first came into the scene. Like I main event him, I don't care. Like, let's do it. I, I'm I'm for him taking the belt off Dragonov if it means that we move Dragonov to the main roster because he's more than ready for it. Like him and Braun especially. Um, I M- mellow too, but like I don't know. I guess I guess Mello and Dragonov are about the same size, but maybe Mello just wrestles more like a smaller dude than than Dragonov does. Dragonov wrestles like we've seen him in the ring with with Walter uh, uh, just demolishing each other and whatnot, and like it works really well. Uh, you know, I don't know, but. Ah, trick man he's he's got like that it factor dude yeah and he was talking i don't know if we if we had discussed this already but he's evidently a really big fan of booker t's ad libs and he wants to actually take those and put him put those in his intro Oh my god, dude. If he puts that shit in his entrance and he wins the belt, this man needs the belt, bro. Like, and honestly, I kind of don't like I don't think his momentum will really die. I think what needs to happen is it's New Year's Evil, he gets his match, right? Which is probably in like three weeks or something like that. It well, yeah, I'm assuming uh I'm assuming it's going to be the 26th. So that would be, you know, three three weeks. So I think he needs to have his match, you know, hard-fought match. You know, Dragunov is going to be Dragunov. He's going to whoop his ass, right? But I think he needs to almost win and have Melo cost him the match, but cost him the match in a way that he's quote-unquote injured and on the shelf. And then we need fucking Trick to, I don't know, maybe maybe somehow Melo gets the belt back while Trick's gone. I don't know. But give him like two months off. Let, just let, you know, let him not stagnate for a little bit, but just let him fade for a little bit because it's going to be such a huge pop when he gets back. And I don't want that momentum to die as we get into WrestleMania season because I want him to win the belt at Stand and Deliver or whatever the... NXT pay-per-view is going to be WrestleMania weekend because that should be his crowning moment. I like that timing. I I I would still probably prefer I guess to take it off. Well, yeah. It it would make sense if I I just don't want to like the Mellow Dragonovs have been really good, but I just don't feel like we need another one. So, I yes, Put it on Mellow so that he can take it off Mellow for that weekend. But I almost don't want Mellow to take it off Dragonov. I don't. I don't know how we get there. I don't know if there's a Braun Breaker in between. I don't know if there's. Um. I mean, there's nobody else believable really to to take it off him until that point in time, I guess. But um. Also, this match we had the interference of Eddie Thorpe coming in and costing Dijak the match, essentially. 
Mr. Lorax, he believes in the trees, so he had to come out here and dish out some street justice of his own on on Jack to cost him the match. And like, okay, like, I guess, no, I don't guess. This is stupid. All right, this was dumb. All right, I don't, I don't like it, dude. Like, I don't know what we're doing with Jack. Like the guy, the guy's fucking like. I don't know, man. The street justice. Like, he needs to be Drew's friend. Um, Drew's an NXT lifer at this point, unfortunately. And and he's too big to be on NXT, bro. Like, we keep talking about these small guys, and we got big-ass motherfucking Dijak. Like, come on, bro. Like, move his ass up. Yeah, I... Well... The the problem now is is if you know it's true and Triple H is willing to give smaller guys a, a run, then like, then that ain't happening. He had more of a chance when Vince was still around. Yeah, like I, I don't know, but he was he was extremely entertaining in this match. You know, they were they were murdering some people. Like Tyler Bate had some nice little spots here as well. He had his little helicopter spin and at, at first he hit it and then Trick hit it and I was like, "Okay, Trick's actually doing it better. Like he was going faster." But then he picked Trick up upside down and then he went even faster and then did it no hands and tossed the guy and I was like, "That's actually even better." Um when he went no hands and then they replayed it in slow-mo, I was like, "Yo, Trick almost twisted his head off at the end." Yeah, he was struggling to stay up there. <laughs> but this was this was just just so fun all around. Braun Braun Breaker was out here doing Braun Breaker things. Man, like everybody got, you know, their moments to shine. Everybody kind of felt even even Briggs, like for as much as we don't see the guy, for as much as they don't really do much with the guy, everybody had their place. Everybody almost felt like they belonged and especially with the score counts everybody had a shot i i thought bait was going to win it because of the tops of talks of him moving up to the main roster we haven't seen a bait dragonov match match that i can think of and i feel like especially with their size that'd be a really nice and fun enjoyable match uh to watch but i guess we're gonna see what happens with this trick mellow story as we go forward yeah, speaking of Dragonov, like mentally I'm ready to go into our main event, but but unfortunately we do have another match that we have to get through before we get there. Um Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James in a steel cage match. Uh this also absolutely sucked. I forgot that this match was on the card. I'm like watching that uh the men's survivor and I'm hype. I'm pumped. You know what I'm saying? Blood's pumping. I'm jacked up over here. You know what I'm saying? What do they say in the streets? I'm bricked up as they say. Right. And then, then this match pops up and I was like, Oh yeah, we do have a steel cage. Huh? Interesting. Huh? Right. That's all I could think. And then, uh, what was this? Why did this is a steel cage match? This was not a hell in a cell. So why? What, why couldn't you win by leaving? Why did Vic Joseph yell that on commentary 37 times? Like, he kept, he, he, she can't, she can't get out. You can't win by getting out. Like, is, why are the rules different for this match specifically? 
I that's what I didn't understand. And then like at the end, Kiana James, they just she's like, no, 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 I'm done. And they just opened the door for her. And I'm like, what the fuck is even going on here? Like, what? Let, let's just defeat the entire context of what this match is even supposed to mean. Like, let's let's just no. We might as well just have a normal match. Like, and then obviously they're not gonna like they're gonna keep going. Like, this was not the end of their feud. Because okay, so I'm gonna take a take a breath. Kiana James won. She hit her. What do they call it? The deal breaker, which is basically a, the, like a ricochet recoil, a one one knee code breaker with the chair. Which okay, cool, you win. But Izzy Dame, who? <laughs> At first, I thought it was Tiff. You know, just the blonde hair, the way the hair was done. I was like, why the fuck is Tiffany helping Kiana James? And and then and then I realized that it's not her. Yeah, at first I thought it was uh, Tatum Paxley, right? I was like, because I remember her randomly backstage. But like, y'all just, everybody just wanted to be here. Like, we just, I don't know. I guess we do really have a deep women's division because it's like, well, what the hell are you going to do with all these women? Like, what the hell is even going on? Like I said, deep in terms of body count. So like there was a there was a moment early in this match, not early, maybe in the middle of the match that like literally summed up the match for me. It was when they both climbed up to the oh top of the God. steel cage only to just climb down and hit a power bomb off of the first rope. I was like Oh, this is getting good. Like they're gonna get up to the top. Something crazy's gonna happen. She's gonna hit pop rocks off the top of the fucking cage. Oh my god! And then they basically just climbed down and hit a power bomb off the first rope. And I was like, "What the fuck did you just force me to watch?" Yeah, they're up there. And first off, I'm I'm pretty sure something else is supposed to happen. Like real talk, because um, what's her name? Roxanne looked super scary when she was climbing up there. She looked like she was struggling. It looked like her leg got caught. And um, it was really weird. And then Kiana climbs up there, and then they're like, "Okay, they were kind of they were kind of slugging each other when they were up there." By the way, they, those were like big clubbing fists just to the back of each other's head. And I was like, "All right, y'all are just I they I in my head they were like, we are not gonna do what they wanted us to do. So let's just hit the shit out of each other." That's kind of how I saw it. Um. But yeah, then they climbed down and she power bombed her and then she picked her up and kind of started smashing her around and then she countered it into a pop rocks but couldn't win. And then yeah, like Kiana tried to climb out and they opened the door for her and <laughs> what the fuck? Why, man? Why? This was so dumb, dude. I just th- if if the men's Iron Survivor match wasn't what it was, this would have been an absolute dog shit terrible PLE. Yeah. Um, man, and even the next match, like... There were some weird spots in that too, man. All right, so so main event, we had Ilya Dragunov defending his championship against Baron Corbin and ended up... You know, and still, but um, 
some weird, weird moments in here. Um, I mean, it kind of followed a, a Dragonov match of like him getting beat up and selling like a motherfucker. And like, dude, nobody, I swear to God, he has the best in the business when it comes to like taking a blow and then looking like you're just not there. You know, like your 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 brain is like forty million miles away, and and you just have an empty stare. He does that better than anybody, and that was probably what like eighty percent of the match was him that and and nursing a quote unquote rib injury, and that spot where I I don't know what what he actually what Corbin did whether it was like some sort of. It was almost like it would have been a face buster if it was anywhere else, but he just dropped him on his midsection on the announce table. And uh, that looked extremely painful. Yeah, like, and then and then Big Joseph was like, yeah, yeah, we had the equipment team out here and they actually reinforced our table. <laughs> no, if anything, it was the opposite. They went out there and been like, yo, the table should have broke down on that spot. Like, we need to take a couple pins out. Oh my god, man! And then he uh, went right inside the ring, and then put his ass on the ropes in the same position. Like, so Dragunov, this was this was supposed to be a story match. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole, the, the, everything was a story building up to it. You know, his family and the lifestyle, yada yada yada. And Dragunov was was taking that beating, and I'd say on this entire show, he was the only person who actually seemed like they were in pain because he's there just, oh, like just <laughs> screaming and moaning like every chance he got, which, you know, props to the guy. You know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of what you got to do. And I feel he probably realizes he's he's not long for this belt, especially hearing the reaction to Trick Williams. You know what I'm saying? You know... If if you're not losing it now, it's coming, right? Like you're not going to be the champion going forward, and you're unfortunately with your size and stature, you're not that guy, pal. You're just not that guy. Um, and Corbin, okay, he's got some nice moves, right? Kind of boring. I did like that he's been uh hanging out with um what's his name Gulak and hitting random dragon sleepers. <laughs> So props on the guy. I've never seen Corbin hit a submission besides a side headlock, but he's out here hitting dragon sleepers. So shout out, you know, hitting the dojo. But what was that choke slam? He barely even let the guy fall off the top rope. Like, I need you to fucking put that man in the air and break his neck as you slam him down. What the hell is that weak ass choke slam, man? Yeah, and then they tried calling it like a like a power choke slam from the top, and I was like, yeah, no, that was just like Dragonov just lightly threw himself off backwards. That's pretty much all that happened there. And honestly, like the match kind of was was decent, and then I felt the ending was extremely anticlimactic. Like we did just have that Nathan Frazier ending. So we see Dragunov doing something similar. So they, they've had their little storyline thing and, oh, hug, hug your family. You can hug me. And that, that's weird in itself. And he, he starts hitting his little H-bombs and one H-bomb, another H-bomb. And then he goes to put his hands up, you know, 
where the crowd is supposed to chant and oh and get all hype with it and they didn't care like not as much as they did when he was fighting Frazier and then he hits the next H-bomb and then it's like okay is that it's like uh, the crossroads thing you know what I'm saying like you can't <laughs> it loses yeah. luster um, if you keep yeah. doing that kind of stuff and and then he doesn't even win it off that he he hits the torpedo Moscow for the win ultimately so one one thing that I was like kind of worried about after this match, I'm a big Dragonov fan. He's probably, you know, my favorite wrestler in the, in the business right now. And and this match was a perfect example why because like you said, he was the only one who really stole told like a decent story and like that's that's what the main event of a WrestleMania is. Like, that's why Roman Reigns is who he is. Like, he's not the greatest wrestler in the world, but he's probably the greatest at telling a fucking story in the ring right now, you know? And, like, that's what I see in Dragunov, and that's what I think literally no one in NXT has, really. Um, You know, Braun Breaker is really, really good. Melo is really, really good. But, like neither of them can tell a story in the ring like Dragunov can. And that's a big reason why I like him so much. Plus everything else. Like the dude's jacked. Like he has a, a great physique for wrestling. He he has, there's probably not, not many moves that he can not hit. You know, he power bombed Corbin. Like Corbin's a fucking giant. You know, he's a big ass dude. And even though like, I'm pretty sure he was supposed to powerbomb him when he fell, and that was really ugly. But then, like, it was almost more impactful when he finally gets him to his feet and then does powerbomb him. The fact that the, the one right before it fucked up, like, it, it worked. And not many people can make that shit work. But there are things that you hear from time to time when it comes to NXT and like the pop and and popularity that people have. And oh, it's just a performance center thing. Oh, it's just a performance center thing. Like the un bar. Nobody was doing that. So like I I was worried after this that like some of Dragonov's thing is a performance center thing. Yeah, like I, I still, it took me a while to learn the names of his moves when he does his little, like you just, you said it, I don't know what the hell he's saying, right? Like I, I'm still trying to catch on. So I, it, it hasn't registered and clicked with me fully even. Um, I, all all the pluses and the bonuses and everything. Yes, he's jacked. He puts on a great story. But unfortunately, I think if he looks at Tyler Bate, he's looking into his future. I don't see him, you know, moving up to the main roster and becoming a prominent piece anywhere. He he's unfortunately he's just like I don't see that. Like unless he's becomes friends with Gunther and they become a tag team or something, but then he's just gonna be the fall guy in that tag team like i don't i don't know what they can do with the guy he's just he's great but it's like i don't know it's just but then that worries me because i feel like if that happens he's gonna be the next adam cole where like he's incredible in nxt wwe does nothing with him outside of that and then he climbs to the top in another company and 
that's honestly probably exactly what's going to happen. And especially like every, everything that's good is usually based in truth and all this shit that they're talking about his life. I mean, I'm sorry, but that shit ain't fake, bro. That shit's sad. Like that, the fact that Baron Corbin came on, I think it was two weeks ago talking about, Hey, it's me, Baron talking to you through a screen. Like you talk to your family, like that shit, like that probably actually bothered him, bro. Cause that would bother me, man. Well, and, and also what I don't understand is like, okay, I, I understand that NXT stars get paid less than main roster stars, but I do also know that the top dogs in NXT do get paid comparable to a lot of the WWE main roster superstars. You know, I, I, I remember reports of Finn Balor when he was in NXT making millions a year in NXT because he was Finn fucking Balor. You know what I mean? And not to like presume anything about a dude's like personal life or anything, but you know, he's had a lot of success in NXT. So, you know, I'm like, you don't make enough money to move your family here. Maybe they don't want to be here. Maybe that's presumptuous of me, but you know, they're making a big deal about this and whatnot. But in my head, I'm like, dude, you should be making enough money to make that a possibility. No. Same, you know, I'm thinking the same thing. And I know there was like Gunther, for example, like he was the UK champion for such a long time because he didn't want to come to America. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't want to. And, God knows what they told this man to change his physique. God knows the money they paid him, what they did for his family, et cetera, et cetera, to make him move and do everything that he's doing now. But it's like, oh, like, why do we have what, what's going on right now? Like, I don't know, you know, something I, I just think the guy is going to be Tyler Bay 2.0, unfortunately. Yeah, but Tyler Bate can't do like the in-ring story. Like Tyler Bate's really good, but I don't know. I I do think that he's clearly like a, a tier or two above Bate and I, you know, I don't know. I I do think that he will make the main roster. I don't think he'll make it as soon as I'd like him to. I think realistically Braun Breaker, if anybody on NXT is going to crack the main roster in a big way, it's most likely going to be him. I think that this whole mellow trick story will obviously keep both of them. And I don't think tricks ready for the main roster quite yet, but, um, you know, I think trick and mellow are forecasted to be in NXT for probably another year or so. Dragonov, I think would cut it really well. And I, I think, you know, in the right circumstance and everything. And, and, you know, I guess it would probably have to be in a faction thing. And yeah, like if he, if Gunther does some sort of Imperium 2.0 and gets rid of Kaiser and, you know, maybe we, we bring in Dragonov and, and essentially make him the solo Sokoa of Imperium, you know, the enforcer, that kind of vibe. Um, I think it would work really well. I just, I just don't know when or, or like how. Yeah. And 
I think I think when Dragunov loses his belt, which I think he's probably gonna lose in like a multi man match at that uh Vengeance Day pay per view in February, I think it's gonna be a multi man match. I think he's gonna lose the belt. I don't know if he's gonna lose it to Melo, but I think he's gonna lose it. We're gonna have some type of multi man match. And I I hope for him to disappear for a little bit and maybe come to the main roster after Mania or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he'll be one of those big guys. I feel like Breaker's going to move up uh, beforehand. You know, we'll probably see him in the Rumble and we might see him more frequently right after the Rumble. Um, But speaking of multiple men, let's let's take a brief second on this uh, upcoming men's breakout tournament <laughs> oh man yeah we got a, a little vignette with uh with the guys that are going to be in it and god like i'm already dreading some of this one guy's a lawyer um, the, the legal eagle or whatever the legal eagle dude i can't believe he said it okay yes he's I mean, unless they put him with like Kiana James or something, he's a flop. We had, and God, I, I, I don't. Again, I'm not trying to be offensive when I say this, right? I don't remember the guy's name. We, what was the something, something bear, right? I don't want to. Oh, so yeah, I was like Trey Bear Form or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Bear Claw, dude. It's something, man. Like, I, like okay, like I'm sorry, but probably gonna be Eddie Thorpe's buddy, right? He's gonna come save him from Jack. Um, hey, you know, the tree needs another protector. Oh my God. Another Lorax in the streets. Um, <laughs> we got Oba Femi. We got just like a whole bunch of like big jacked guys. And I, I'm like, okay, like I can get behind that because some of them, you know, maybe we get like, you know, some, some baby breakers, right? Cause I'm pretty sure Braun Breaker was in this tournament like a couple years ago. I, I, that I don't remember, but yeah, like if we got a, um, a, a, uh, oh my God, why a baby Bronson Reed or something like that. You know what I mean? Like we need one of those kind of dudes. I feel like in NXT right now, we don't have, we don't have a, a, a true meat man. Yeah, we really don't have a, a big man. Um, like that, I mean, I guess died Jack, but he's going to be gone soon, right? Yeah, That's but he's like, he's like trimmed and jacked. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking like an Otis, a Bronson Reed, like that, you know, like a like a meatball with two legs, you know. I'm really surprised that we don't. Uh... And and that that dude that you mentioned, I I don't remember his name, but like you know, he he seems like he might be able to fit that category. Yeah, Oba Femi. That's my money to win it all. Yeah, I I don't know. I literally know nothing about any of these dudes. Clearly, some of them were like college athletes, and I know that they're starting to do a lot of that like nil nil stuff. But um, you know the the one dude's you know name is like Travion Heights or something like that. Or whatever. clearly that dude's just going to be a flippy dude, even though he seemed pretty jacked for a flippy dude. Um. <laughs> yeah, he said something. I wish I, I wish I had all the lines that they said. He said something like, "I'm, I'm gonna be up, up top, and I'm not gonna stop until I stay up there." <laughs> <Or> something. 
Uh, oh after God. the legal legal i was just done bro like i'm that's the fact that he said the legal eagle bro i man that's some of that shit that you see uh, on daytime tv like i'm the texas hammer jim adler like that's that shit right there bro see I, like as as I've done more reading uh, of just like how the WWE tryouts work and whatnot, and I, I know a lot of the times they want you to come in with a character, right, already. And I just don't know how like you'd be sitting there on a panel and be like, yeah, I'm the legal eagle. And like what in your right <laughs> mind would ever make you fucking think that's a good idea? I don't know, dude. The fucking legal eagle, dude. I hope he has a dog and it's a fucking beagle, brother. I don't even know if it was legal eagle. I that just obviously rhymes, so it sound it it would might have been dumber than that. It might have been like law eagle because at the same time you got to realize like WWE obviously with the yeet situation, you know, they don't want to step on any copyright toes. So like Something tells me Legal Eagle already existed and he probably can't use that. So it probably is something more dumb like Law Eagle. And if Legal Eagle does not exist, that's free real estate that somebody's missing out on, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so I feel like it's even more lame than what we say it is because I feel like Legal Eagle, like there's there's a little bit of juice there. But Law Eagle, like that that's nothing. Like I ain't going to remember that shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna watch uh, just that just those clips uh, for the SmackDown episode so I can <laughs> we can do a proper judgment on these characters. But I want I wanna. Hang on, I'm gonna try to Google real quick like the the names of all of these these people. Uh. Why why is it women's that keep coming up? NXT men's breakout. Okay, okay. I got uh, I got him here as well. Alright, so Obafemi, Riley Osborne, Keanu Carver, Tavion Heights. I was close. Dion Lennox, Luca Grusafino, Miles Bourne. And Trey Bearhill, I was close. Bearhill, oh Bearhill. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember. He knows the lawyer. I know that. Okay, okay. So yeah, he's he's the legal eagle. Can we? I I can't wait to see his merch. I can't wait. Like, and they're all gonna have generic uh, Microsoft PowerPoint, Microsoft Sound Doc like <laughs> intros. So, oh man, this is going to be entertaining. I'm, I don't know if it's going to be better or worse than the, uh, than the women's. I, I would actually say, because you don't get a ton of promo segments from them, you know, like they, they get really short ones and in a short dose, we can tolerate just about anything. I'm going to say that it's going to be better because I'm going to actually say that a lot of these dudes can probably go in the ring because usually a lot of the young ones can. It's just like 
they can't do much else. Like they can't really do anything with the microphone or do anything with the character. But if, if you tell them to get it in the ring and hit a 540 splash, like they all can. Yeah. And this, this is going to be a great opportunity to see some new finishers. Um, let's see some creativity out here, people. Let's not see seven, four fifties and a running power slam, please. Yeah. You know, uh, Dial up the creativity like Lexus King and do whatever his dumb fucking finisher is called. And find a way to get you that daily rub. The coronation, that's what it was. Terrible. That's awful. Uh, All right, dude, take us home. Well, I guess we have reached our deadline for the end of this PLE episode of NXT Deadline. We thank you for bearing with us. And we hope we did make your lives just a tad bit less miserable, probably a bit more than that PLE did. Uh, We will catch you next time for some SmackDown action. But until then, stay safe and enjoy the day. Yeah, man. Until then, where are the witches at? Where the witches at? Peace.